This episode of Carolina Sports Talk is brought to you by Southern Elegance Candle Company, where modern value meets Southern charm. Right now, check out their fall and holiday collection with candle scents such as Caramel Latte, Fireside, Sweet Potato and Brown Sugar, and our personal favorite, Orange Spice. This scent is cloves wrapped in a citrusy orange essence that takes you all the way back to Grandma's house. This one is sure to be your favorite, just like it is ours. Make sure to go visit secandlecode.com and use our promo code CRUX, that's C-R-U-X, for 15% off all regularly priced items. That's S-E-C-A-N-D-L-E-C-O.com, where they lovingly craft each scent and city combination to elicit a fond memory to whisk you to a place of pure joy. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's moving out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome to another episode, special War Room Fantasy Football episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your man, Big Cliff. Make sure you check us out on social media at Carolina Sports Talk. Or make sure you tell your podcast, your smart speaker to play Carolina Sports Talk. You can tell it's one of those midweek episodes where I'm a little bit razzled, dazzled, and thrown off. But it's cool because I got my boys with me tonight, so I ain't got to worry about it. Uh, first off, I want to give a shout out to everybody listening, checking us out. As I mentioned, you can find us available on Apple Music, nope, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. <sighs> it's one of those days. But without further ado, I'm going to go in order on the screen. I got my guy Avery with me. Avery, what's going on, man? Holla at the people. Hey, what's going on? What's good from Wendell, North Carolina. North Carolina in the building. Next up, my guy, Brett No Heart. Holla at him. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Lexington, South Carolina. How y'all doing tonight? And finally, but not least, we've got B-Rad. Holla at her. What's up, everybody? Coming from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Man, we all around in Carolina is in true fashion. I mean, if we wouldn't be Carolina Sports Talk if we didn't. We may have some others in the league join in a little bit later with us, but without further ado, we're going to jump in, man. It's been a crazy first couple of weeks to the season. Uh, and, and in our league and in football, period, man. So we're just going to jump in. Uh, we were talking off air and had a couple of questions, man. We've talked about, a little bit about our Panthers, what they've looked out looked like. Uh, we talked a little bit college football, even though we're not going to mention that here on the squad. But shout out to the Gamecocks, man. We, we Georgia is who they are. But as you know, as Coach Beamer said, they're, they, they're the best defense in the, in the country. So we understand what that was. But as I look throughout the league right now, uh, yours truly is sitting at 1-0, with a high likelihood of going ahead and knocking off my opponent this week. Um, she's got one player left in our matchup that's playing tonight, DeAndre Swift, on the defensive side. of I mean, excuse me, on the offensive side of the ball at running back. And I honestly don't think she's going to be able to overcome it. So I'm going to be sitting at 2-0, hopefully, at the end of this week. Uh, Avery, what's your schedule? What's your uh your record looking like right now so far in the league? Uh, I'm, I'm 1-0 now, but look like I'm going to be 1-1 because I, I think my, all my players have played, and I think the, the person I played against has like a 15 or 20-point lead, and I got nothing in the 
in the in the pistol bowl. Nothing. Nothing left. Nothing in the chamber. Just done. <laughs> done, son. Now you mentioned off air that uh, it was looking kind of good for you, and then somebody had a monster game for the other for your opposing team. Who was that that you yeah. were looking at this week? It it was Derrick Henry. He went off, and I was like, because I was leading by like fifteen points, and then by the end in the Sunday, I was like, I was down by like twenty five. I'm like, what in the world? So I don't know what he did, or what happened. But yeah, he went off, and I was like, God, be more careful. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's amazing how the week can start off one time like just looking one way now avery your team is team weaver right yes it's oddly enough that you were playing none oh, other oh, than great. the man celebrating right now <laughs> okay. mr b rad himself <laughs> brad man what's up man you had a monster week this week bro dude okay first off I went against my, against my gut instinct and got Trevor Lawrence. And every week, I, I am reminded that that was a horrible <laughs> decision. Your boy only got me eight, eight, two points. And here's another thing. I sat my boy Jones down. Poor little Daniel Jones, you know. Mm-hmm. I should have gave him a start uh, in honor of my wife, who is a big Giants fan. And as I'm sitting there watching – him just tear up Washington's secondary. It just hurts deep down knowing that I could have started. But you know, hate to see Tua go down. But yes, you know, I, I know. I think that was uh that was huge. I thought, for you. I thought at that point I was going to be able to win it, and then all of a sudden you were up ahead, and I was I, I was like, man, how did that even happen? And then I saw my boy Dak not go off like he did last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then that's okay. Just like just it's just Henry, man. Henry put the I'm whole not- team on his back. <laughs> yes, it it is ridiculous. And and with ours with our league scoring, um, and I know ours is a little bit more custom than maybe some of the other ones. Derrick Henry scored forty seven point seven points. Now, if you want to take that in comparison, we're looking at the quarterbacks. Brad, for your quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence and Dak Dak Prescott collectively together scored you. 16 points bro uh <laughs> now as you mentioned uh avery did have Tua Tungvaloa, who in miami went down and that embarrassing loss uh in miami the, the miami dolphins lost to buffalo nothing to 35 uh Derek hard had a, a respectable uh performance in that win with 382 passing yards and two touchdowns as well uh and a 26 17 win over pittsburgh but again that 28.18 points um, still was no match, man, for what for what uh, yeah. Mr. Derrick Henry went into. Yeah, Derrick. Yeah, Derrick. Well, he was a uh, he was nasty, man. I don't know. He was he was a beast. Yeah, man. So uh, definitely looks like this this win is gonna go over to my guy Brad Hux and the Dirty Myrtle Flamingos. Uh, but it's necessary because yeah. you started off the season zero and one, but now you're you're balancing it off one and one. Uh, but that's yep. also gonna drop you Avery down to one and one. So yep. Brett, how did you do in week one? Uh, it looks like I'm going to uh, hold the victory. I think both of us are out of players here, and I'm up 140 to 111. Okay. So it looks like I'm going to keep the uh, keep the win here and go 2-0, and which I'm pretty good with. Uh, pretty good with. I didn't uh, didn't go running backs like everybody else does. Uh, you, you you were kind of clowning me a little bit for, for taking my boy Brady first overall. <laughs> you you kind of clown me, but uh, but he, he averaging 40 points a game right now, so I'm I'm okay with it. Listen, I'm I'm not gonna be mad. Like I can't like I can say, you know, hey, what I believe in my opinions, but at the end of the day, 
40 points a game uh, in, in this type of league, especially with a two-quarterback league, is essential. Now, I, I did see in Peep um, that uh, you played Be Easy this week from the DJ Blaze Radio Show podcast, uh, and he had starting in his in his roster Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger. How closely and attentively were you watching that game last night to see uh, what Lamar was doing? Okay, before we got on air, I told you I had a question. Yes. And you told me to hold it. Go for it. This is my question. Tom Brady, uh-huh. 276 yards, five touchdowns. Correct. No interceptions, none of that. Uh-huh. Lamar Jackson, uh-huh. 239 yards, three total touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh-huh. My boy Tom had 39.64 points, and uh-huh. Lamar had 34.26. Correct. Tell me how. How's wait? <laughs> tell me how he got that close with two interceptions and two less touchdowns and 40 less yards. So in ESPN traditional format, uh, the way that it works, traditional passing touchdowns for the quarterbacks are rated differently than rushing touchdowns. With throwing touchdowns, you get four points per touchdown. And with rushing, you get the full six as if it were a running back and or a regular skill position player. Um, and so those Trash. alone um, allow alongside of the rushing yards because you still have to calculate and factor in Lamar had over 100 yards rushing for the game as well. And so all of those yards uh, accumulate into points additionally. As a matter of fact, he had 107 rushing yards and the two rushing touchdowns. So that's 10 of those points right there in his rushing yards alone. Um, it's one of the advantages of um, some may say advantage, but it's a kind of give or take with regards to taking one of the rushing quarterbacks in a fantasy football league because you not only get their passing statistics, but you also get their rushing as well. So that's what allowed him to be as close as he was with uh, to Tom Brady with a five-touchdown performance against Atlanta. Well, they need to put up all those statistics so I can see that. Because, uh, <laughs> all it says is 239 yards, and I don't like it. And I don't like it. I will tell you this. If if you are looking at the mobile platform, and this goes for all our listeners as well, if you're looking yeah, at yeah. the ESPN platform, if you click on the actual number of points that the players have, it allows you to look at the full breakdown of how they accumulated those points. So it tells you when doing so the full amount uh-huh. of what's everything. And that goes for not just the quarterbacks, but any of the posi- any pos- uh, position players that score. If you click the actual score itself, it breaks down how they got the score, including the points taken away. Because in our league, as well as the traditional regular formats, uh, each interception removes two points. And so you should be able to see that he, with throwing the two, he removes them. I've got Lamar actually in a league, uh, in a different league that I'm in. And when he fumbled twice, well, he fumbled three times and lost two of them. And so he only lost the four points as opposed to the six for me in that league last week. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying now. Okay. It, it has been explained and I understand now. You are correct. <laughs> yep. I'm good. Um, also, though, I do, you know, you, you said he had Lamar and Ben. I'm over here with Tom Brady and Carson Wentz. Can we talk about my boy Carson uh, getting both his ankles torn to pieces? Listen, really? Oh, and so for those of you who may have missed it, in a 24 to 20, uh, 27 loss to the Rams, uh, Andy, fragile quarterback, Mr. Carson Glass Wentz, has somehow injured, injured both of his ankles, bro. I uh, So far this year, in the two games that he has been in there, he has shown himself to be a capable quarterback. I don't think there's any doubt in with regard to Carson's skill level. But come on, bro. At some point, you got to be just more durable. <laughs> we all have heard the adage well, I mean, that 
the best availability, excuse me, the best ability is availability. And so Carson and those ankles, man, did you actually see the injury? No, I didn't. I, I haven't seen it yet. I've just been watching uh, some of the, the updates and stuff saying that uh, both ankles were sprained and they have no idea when it can come back. And, and you know, it, it's funny when you hear somebody say, oh, you know, he juked him or he, bro- he broke both his ankles. This man literally, literally. <laughs> two ankle sprains. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it was tough, man. I, 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 injuries are absolutely a part of the game and we understand it. Um, as, as you mentioned, Carson with the ankle injuries, I also saw that you on your squad had Zach Ertz for the Philly um, Eagles who went out after just one reception as well. And um, yeah, even myself, yeah. Um, selfishly, not only for my squad, but for my fandom, when Christian McCaffrey went out with the calf, with the, um, with the, uh, with, uh, not sprains, with the cramps in his, in his thighs. I was like, yo, get him some water, yeah. bananas, some Gatorade. Oh, exactly what I said. Tell that man to start slamming some bananas and get back out there. <laughs> but uh, glad to hear he will be okay for Thursday night's uh, matchup against the Houston uh, I start to say Rockets, but Lord, it's not even that type of season. Lord, it's been a long, long day, y'all. Against the Houston <laughs> Texans, who themselves have also had, it seems like, again, injuries being a part of it, uh, their quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, who's been playing really good ball so far this year, he's also out, likely out for the matchup this Thursday night. Now, that actually is going to take you me. See, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, did you see what they just announced uh, on ESPN here shortly, uh, what Houston came out and said? No, what they say? said it does not matter who is available or not available Deshaun Watson will not play. Let's let's talk on that for a little bit. We all know that the, he is facing currently 22 cases um of sexual assault and or, or sexual misconduct. Um do you think that they're doing him a disservice on keeping him on the roster and or preventing him from, you know, completing that trade that he requested uh, in the offseason? Yes. Yeah, Let him go if you're not going to use him. Okay. What do you say, Bray? I think it just looks sketchy. I mean, the, let's you know the the cases themselves. Yeah, it's it's bad stuff, and and um, not you know saying they're not, but it it it's kind of like contradicts itself to the fact that they're like, hey, this person's bad, and they're not releasing that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like cut or dry it's it's just a it's a weird situation from the get-go mm-hmm. um but like i said it's the stuff that that has transpired is 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 awful and uh it's just it's, it's always weird from a from a franchise standpoint if somebody is doing that why would you not let them go you right. know like why why do you want that to be like any other type of manager would be would think, okay, let's get this guy off our team so that kind of like behavior is not being the face of this organization. But because of that, he's still there, which is doing one thing, causing a distraction. Um, and then two, you know, it just it just it makes it look sketchy. It makes it look like what was brought up from the get-go is that the Houston organization kind of, you know, brought these things to the forefront because they knew he wanted to get out of there. That's, that's my only thing. Like from a, from a business standpoint, it just, it doesn't make sense. Abe, what'd you say on it? Oh, you muted, bro. Avery, we can't hear you. 
Okay. They, the, can you hear me go. now? Yeah. Okay. My question, it is bad. It's, it just, it looks ridiculous. And second off, is he still getting paid just to sit on the bench? He so is, in fact, getting paid. He's making just to be on the bench there? Mm-hmm. He is. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> if I'm, I'm him, I'm just going to sit there and take my money. I will say this. I mentioned uh, several weeks ago on the show that um, or months at this point, or when it first was released, and, and when it went from six to fourteen to the number that it is now at the twenty-two, um, well, twenty-three down to twenty-two when one dropped. But I mentioned then that it was absolutely shady, as Brad mentioned. Any other incident uh, when when considering what the league has, um, the policies that they have in place, and 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 the precedents that they've set before, any other situation, he would have been on an exempt list and removed from their roster. But there are provisions that prevent them from being able to trade him if he is, in fact, on those exempt lists. And I think as they continue to kind of wait it out to see what is going to be the resolution of these cases, uh, I think, as I mentioned again from the beginning, I think they knew all along what was going on. Do I feel like he personally, my opinion, Big Cliff, not Carolina Sports Talk, not Crux Media, my personal opinion is that do they did they know? Yes. Was he doing something that kind of been shady? Possibly. He, that, that was his vice. That was what he enjoyed. But I do think that they knew about it and what everything that was was above board and it was what was what was going on. They knew it. Um, but then when the opportunity came for them to to use that as fodder to reduce his claim, his claim requests or whatever, they're fully taking advantage of it. And so, as you mentioned, Brad, it's it's shady and, and it is nothing else from from the whole beginning. The fact that the lawyer that was chosen to represent the individuals who are suing uh, went on, and I don't know the Texans, I don't care nothing about it, I don't even watch pro football, but yet he was proven later on to have been a fan. He took out a billboard saying that they should have been drafted Trevor Lawrence, and, and just so much that he has gone on through and contradicted himself throughout this entire process to now the FBI being involved and investigating. It's it's a trash. It's a dumpster fire. And I honestly believe that they, as, as you mentioned, Brett, they need to go ahead and just let him go uh, at this point um, and, and be done with it. Um, cut your ties. Yes, it's going to cost them so many millions. At the end of the day, your organization based on your leadership is trash. Free agent players are not going to want to come there willingly, um, no matter how many buck, uh, bucket loads or truck loads of cash you back up to them. Although, I can't say that if someone offered me, you know, $5 million to go be a backup tackle that I wouldn't, you know, ride the bench for the Houston Texans. But uh, when when you have high caliber players who have those options, who can move forward to do different things and be with different teams who can actually compete for championships, I don't see any of those professional caliber players wanting to be a part of that, that mess that's there in Houston. So, um we play who's in front of us. There have been many who have talked about the Carolina Panthers' schedule and say, oh, well, you beat the Jets. And then when we manhandled and disabled the New Orleans Saints yesterday, oh, well, they were down coaches. And they were, hey, you play who's in front of you. And so Houston's next up on our schedule. However, of a garbage can they may be, I fully anticipate us going out there and that defense being nasty. Uh, mentioning, and, listen, and while we're talking about the defense for the Carolina Panthers, I got to give a shout out, like, I got to give a round of applause to my guy, Joe Horn's son, JC, my guy, Carolina's own, getting out there and getting his first interception in a, a just a dominant performance in Bank of America Stadium, man. Did you guys get a chance to check out the game, the Panthers game? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What were you guys' highlights? Who, what what kind of stood out to you guys in that performance during week two against the Saints? 
Uh, to me, it's just the, the defense, how they uh, they played together. I mean, they had a real sense of urgency of, of making Jameson look like famous Jameis with, with his multiple interceptions and turnovers and stuff. So they got his head and that thing, to me, that turn, you know, turn, you know, was the turning point of the of the whole game. Absolutely. What about you, Brett? I got to tell you, I uh, I wasn't sold on Sam Darnold. I and and still not a thousand percent, but man, he looked smooth yesterday. Like he he was putting it where it needed to be, and he was running smart plays. There was one play where he was getting run out of bounds, and threw it away before he lost some yardage. I'm I'm not used to seeing that. You know, Cam, I, I love him for what he did for us, but man, if he was getting run down in the backfield, he was taking that loss. He wasn't throwing the ball away. <laughs> he always had that I, supreme confidence in himself that I can get it, even though oh, it's yeah. like, bro, you can't get it. Cam was going to take that loss yeah, thinking yeah. he could get it. Darnold, man, he he looked like a professional quarterback yesterday. He uh, He's selling me. He's selling me. So if you're not a thousand percent there, what's that percentage chance that you think you're 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 on there right now with him with Sam Darnold? Like I'm, I, let's go let's go seventy five okay. or, or seven hundred and fifty. I'm seven hundred and fifty out of a thousand. That's okay. where we're at. Okay, I could deal with it. Be rad, man. I got a, <clears throat> a couple things, but the first thing is uh, one of the last few conversations I had with James Owens uh, was was about Sam, and uh, James was what he 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 was sold on him. He said he was going to be legit, and uh, just the kind of conversations we had, I told him he was out of his mind. So um, <laughs> I could see him kind of just with that laugh that James was known for. He's just every time he throws a pass, and I say, "Oh man, that was good." I could just hear his laugh, like. <laughs> You know, right, just showing um, himself right. I get it. Just, just, just like, yeah, he, that was a good pass, right? <laughs> but um, he's good, man. I mean, I you see him, you can just see how he stays in the pocket. Um, and he does his checks. Um, he did some weird things like that. I don't know what was that shuttle pass. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I couldn't tell you what that, that was. was. Bad. Um, but but he was he was balling out man and and if he can continue doing that um i'm eager to see how he does throughout the remainder of the season um our defense is legit um i don't want to like toot the horn too loud um because we know being panther fans from day one uh the moment that you start letting your guard down is the day that uh all of a sudden things don't start holding up (laughs) those those d-line and get pushed down more than they get through so um but that what's up oh sorry i heard an echo so i didn't know if if somebody was saying something oh no you good um but just seeing just seeing the defense actually take take control of everything it just makes sense of why we did nothing but draft defensive player players a couple years ago and you know I, that makes a lot of sense now and uh it's just everything start everything's clicking everything's clicking let's just see how how that stuff can continue on when the pressure starts to increase and and people start talking about us because we're still an underdog right now so mm-hmm. and, and and you you alluded to something that i feel um is the key to all of this. One of my biggest frustrations as a Carolina Panthers fan has been our inability to sustain success. 
throughout the the entire existence of our franchise, we have had some phenomenal players, um, and then even some good teams. But each time it was just that great players performing in their roles. Or even the 2015 season was a great team of veterans with a mix of some youngsters in there, but mostly veterans who all understood what their jobs were and played together as a team. But when the end of that season came and our free agents left and certain players retired, the culture wasn't there that allowed it to be able to be sustainable. This feels different. When Matt um, Rule was actually hired and brought on, I knew his track record from being at Temple. I knew his track record from what he had done at Baylor. Everywhere he went, he had turned around those programs by building just that, the culture within the programs. And so watching him um, and, and, have, and even his press conference and how he sounded like he was giving a sermon and charging everybody up, that gave me some hope that has finally begun to be realized. Last season was a, definitely some growing pains watching him in his first season. But throughout the first two weeks of the season, it seems like the culture is there uh, to allow this team to not only be successful now, but moving forward. The core of who we are as a team are, are a bunch of younger players. We've got some vets mixed in, but if you look at that defense, as you mentioned, last not this past season, but the previous draft, all seven picks being defensive players. If you look at even this last year when they went in with six picks and would made some outstanding in-draft trades and coming out with, I think it was 14 total players, all of which were good fits. Um, we, we talked earlier off air about Georgia and how um, <laughs> the coach from South Carolina was saying how they've got 100 five-star players. We're not the team that has 100, and I won't say five-star, but 100 outstanding free agents or like first-round draft picks. But every player that's on that squad right now feels like they know their role and they're buying into the team of the Carolina Panthers. And so not only am I excited about this year, and even if let's say we finish off the season at 10 and seven and just miss the playoffs, I know that next year we're going to be that much better because our talent is going to have that much more experience. And so I feel like the culture is what's being established now to allow the Carolina Panthers to really be a sustainable type team and a team that's going to really make some noise moving forward in the NFC South. You know what's going to be the interesting thing about next year? Let's just say, knock on wood, we have a winning season this year. Mm -hmm. The key to where we're going, where the where this program's direction is going to go, is going to be based off of next year. Uh, we have never had a back-to-back -back winning season in the franchise. Mm -hmm. Am I correct on that? You are. Um, I couldn't I couldn't believe it when I first heard it, but it's true. We have never had a back-to-back -back winning season. So it would be huge if if Rule can come in give us a winning season this year uh, and then all of a sudden do the same thing next year. I mean, that's franchise history and at least shows that, Hey, there might be something different in the air um, with new ownership and, uh, and a new coach. I mean, think about this. If I remember hearing correctly, Jackson is now a captain. He is. Which is Do y'all remember the all or nothing? <laughs> that's huge from where he was. Cause I was worried about him sticking on a team. Cause he was, he wasn't a team player. He was a knucklehead. He was he he came in. I'm yeah. how and I'm the superstar. But for him to be a team captain is huge. Uh, I just do want to add one caveat and point for those fans who think you know they want to go back and double check. Brad is absolutely correct. The Carolina Panthers have never had a cons consecutive back to back seasons. There are some who say, well, wait, there was a stretch where they won the NFC South three years in a row. Yes, because we had a twelve and four season in fourteen. 
Um, excuse me. In uh, we, we had the 15 season that was supposed, of course, 15 to one. The season before that, we won. Um, I think it was we were seven and nine. Had the losing record, but because of the way the South was just terrible, we won the division. <laughs> and then the year before that was the 12 and four season. So um, we have had every other year really good years, 12 wins, 10 wins, but never consecutive winning seasons. And so this does look like it may be able to be the building box and platform to allow us to be just that. Um, as we jump back into the fantasy, though, I do want to talk about my matchup this week. Uh, I played a young lady, Miss Portia McAllister, my homie out on the West Coast, out in um, Nebraska. She's out in Omaha. Uh, she and I actually are in two leagues together. And this week I played her, oddly enough, in both leagues uh, at the same time. At the beginning of the day after the one o'clock slate of games, I was losing to her badly. Uh, there's a win probability scale on uh, ESPN Fantasy that allows you to say there's this amount percent chance that you're going to win. After the one o'clock set of games, I w there was a 78% chance that she was going to beat me. And my heart was broken because in both of the leagues, she was going to beat me. <laughs> but in the other league, I have 100%. I have already secured that victory. And currently in the Carolina Sports Talk League, there is a 92% chance that I am going to win. We're currently, I've got a 134 final score on my end. She's currently at 105.92 with her running back, DeAndre Swift, set to take on, uh, of the Detroit Lions, set to take on the Green Bay Packers on Monday Night Football at 8.15 on Monday night. So, um, if he comes out there and gets 30 plus points, then I might be in, in, in a bucket. And I'm a little bit worried because I think that is absolutely the game plan for Detroit against Green Bay. We saw what, uh, with, uh, what New Orleans was able to do to that Green Bay defense last year, last week, rather in week one. And although everybody said, Oh, Jameis threw five touchdowns. He only had like a hundred and something yards worth of passing yards because they ran that ball so consistently and then once they got in the red zone they chose to go ahead and turn it over to him so I think there is going to be an increase aware increased awareness on behalf of the Green Bay defense to prohibit the run and I absolutely hope they shut him down <laughs> so real quick before we get out of here who do you guys like in the Monday Night Football game Detroit versus Green Bay we'll go around starting with you Ave. who do you like in the game tonight Man, it's, it's Green Bay, man. Detroit. No it's chance. The same with Detroit. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. All right, Cinema. If you want to give me a score, you can go. You can do that too. What you think the score will be? Uh, let's see. My boy, uh, it's gonna come back with a vengeance tonight. I said they put up fifty-six points. Fifty-six. Woo. Fourteen. Woo! Woo! Big Abe said, "Yes, sir." Mr. Uh, reigning MVP is not having it. <laughs> fifty-six. Fourteen. Nah, he's, he's gonna show him what he gonna do. Say no more, Brett. What you got on it, bro? I gotta agree with him, man. Uh, I think uh, I think last week Green Bay, New Orleans, uh, whether it was a fluke or whether Aaron Rodgers was kind of trying to send a message to the Green Bay front office or what have you, um, I don't see anything like that happening again the rest of the season. I think uh, I think Green Bay takes this one. I'm gonna go, let's say thirty to twenty-one. Okay. And finally, Brad, what you say, bro? All right. First off. I don't think I ever told y'all this. My least favorite team in the entire NFL is the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> uh, my entire life, I've always had that obnoxious friend who was always like, go Pack, go. Now, with that said, I think last week Aaron Rodgers was doing that to prove a point to the uh, to the, um, the GM and all that. It's like, hey, 
don't think that I can't play. And um, I'm going to show little moments to where I can ball out to protect my value. But, you know, I, th- I think I think the Packers are going to win, and I think Rodgers is going to is going to play a above average game. And I but I think it's going to be uh, a high scoring up front, and then I think it's going to calm down in the second half. I go Green Bay twenty eight, Detroit seventeen. I like it. I like it. I think I'm going to go ahead and lock it up. All four of us. I also want to see uh, the Green Bay Packers win selfishly, not because I care about either of the squads. But I do not want to lose in week two of fantasy. So I'm hoping um, <laughs> they shut down DeAndre Swift in the running game. And uh, I hope he has like three yards rushing and four fumbles and gets benched. Oh, my. Uh, I do like the high score just because I, en- I enjoy scoring. Just kind of like anybody else in football, I suppose. Um, and But yeah, again, I hope they, they Brett, I say Brett, I'm sorry to say Brett Favre. Look at me. I hope that Aaron Rodgers gets out there. Yo, at the game yesterday in Bank of America, there was a guy with a Brett Favre jersey. And I was like, first of all, bro, where did you even find this? Because it looked new, y'all. It, <laughs> it's like, bro, where did you find? Like, what secondhand shop did you find this preserved in plastic for the last, like, 20 years? Because, like, bro, where? Anyway, but, no, I do want to see Aaron Rodgers throw the ball there. They are in Lambo. I don't see Detroit. Uh yeah, even if they had Matt Stafford, I don't see Detroit being much resistance for them this week. So I'm going to say Green Bay, and I'm going to go high scoring as well. They probably scored 35 to 14. So uh, we'll definitely see how it is, and we'll make sure on the Wednesday drop, new episode Wednesdays of Carolina Sports Talk, we'll go back and kind of look at all of these scores and see which one of us was right and see who's closest. Uh, or even if Green Bay wins, who knows? They may, you know, DeAndre Swift might get out there and rush for 500 yards and pull a uh <laughs> let me not put that even in <laughs> fellas i appreciate you joining me tonight is there anything you guys want to say before i get you out of here i uh, just have a good week man likewise likewise brad um just uh check out my podcast proverbs and testimony it's on all uh podcast platforms uh we're recording our next episode next week uh excited for that and uh also um Every Thursday, we do a Bible study online called Proverbs and Zoom. Uh, so just check all that stuff out. Um, that's about it. Yeah, you guys make sure you check it out, man. They, they've got some good testimonials from the brothers. Uh, a lot of great perspectives about what it is to be a Christian man and just really living this life and walking this walk. So it's, it's a dope podcast. It's a good listen, man. You guys make sure you check it out wherever you get your podcast. Brett, anything you want to highlight to people before we go? Uh, no, nah, man, I appreciate you having me on here. And uh, right before we get out of here, can I get a keep? Keep. Pounded. My brothers, I appreciate it. As again, this has been Carolina Sports Talk. Make sure you check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, or tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. Check us out on social media at Carolina Sports Talk, Facebook and Instagram. And until next time, peace. Fellas, fellas, I appreciate you, man. I-